Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 19 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Welcome, everyone, to a special edition of FASD Hope. So originally, uh, today's episode was going to to be about something different. And then this week happened, and um, the Ukraine was invaded by Russia. And God really just put it in my heart that we needed to talk about this on, on this podcast because so many in our community of adoption uh, in FASD have ties to those in the Ukraine, have families, had no people. And it really just magnifies what we are trying to do through FASD Hope in serving God through serving those families with FASD. And my heart just turned immediately to my dear, dear friend and sister in Christ who adopted four beautiful children from the Ukraine, who wrote a book about her journeys in the Ukraine. And my heart just turned to her and I reached out to her actually yesterday. And I said, Hey, Sandra, can you, can you do an episode with me about what's going on in the world? Because I, I, I feel like the Holy spirit is just moving us to have a conversation about this and, and how in these uncertain times when the world doesn't make sense, how we can serve God and how we can serve those in the adoption community and in the orphan community and the FASD community. So today's very, very special guest is my, my dear friend, and I consider her to be a mentor. Um, and I just love her to pieces. Sandra Flack of Justice for Orphans, Orphans No More podcast. Uh, she wears many hats, and I am just so happy that she's here today talking about this topic, which is when the world doesn't make sense. So Sandra, welcome back, my dear friend. I am thrilled to be back with you, Natalie, and and you're my mentor. I listen to your podcast every week faithfully. You, Robbie Seal, um, can't can't be on this journey without you. And Sandra and I had like a 40-minute conversation before we started recording, and I talked to her about how she, the Lord put her in my life for our adoption for our daughter. I was listening to her. Sandra has Orphans No More. And and prior to it being a podcast, it was also a radio show. And uh, I was listening to The Sound of Life when we lived in New York. And Sandra came on and did an episode. And that's when the Lord put it in my heart to say, hey, let's adopt again. And here we are eight years later. And I have a seven, almost seven-year-old. And uh, she's just been such such a friend, again, such a teacher, just so many things. So I'm just so glad you're here today, Sandra. You have such strong ties in the Ukraine. And and we're going to talk about, in addition to the Ukraine, just other things that our kids, our community face. But I really wanted to talk about the Ukraine because I know we have a lot of listeners on, on your podcast, on our podcast, on Robbie's podcast, who have families 
whose origins are in the Ukraine and who have been to the Ukraine. So can you share with us again, um, and you, anyone who has not purchased Sandra's book, Orphans No More, A Journey to the Father, it's on our website as a resource. It's a wonderful book. I did an episode last year with Sandra when she launched. Sandra literally takes you to the Ukraine. And that's why I really felt so heavy in my heart when this happened, because I could just see the places where Sandra went. Let's talk about the Ukraine, Sandra. So thank you again, Natalie, for having me. Um, Four of my children uh, that we adopted were born in Ukraine, and we brought the first three set of siblings home in January of 2007, and then returned in October of 2010 for the youngest sibling, my son Slava, who people who listen to my podcast and and, and have listened to me on yours before have heard so much about. Um, He is now 16. Uh, So We've, they've been home a number of years, but Ukraine is just holds such a special place in our heart. I had gone there on a missions trip with my church, the church that we attended at the time. Uh, the pastor and his wife had several children adopted from Ukraine, and their adult daughter was a missionary with YWAM based in Kiev. Um, there, she's no longer in, in Ukraine, uh, has been home for a number of years, and she and her family actually now live in South Carolina doing ministry there. Um, but having gone on that trip that sort of solidified, God used that to solidify, yes, Ukraine is where we would be adopting from, uh, and then traveled there twice for our adoption. So, um, and in my book, I detail, you know, the, 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 the harrowing journey of bringing children out of the darkness and into the light and just there's corruption and all of that. But really the people of Ukraine are wonderful people. Um, that we, we know many Christian Ukrainians, um, as in Russia, there are there, you know, there is a church in Russia and there are, are Russian, Ukraine, uh, Russian Christians and people who love the Lord and, and love freedom and, and don't want what is taking place right now. And I, you know, have been riveted to the news. And then in the middle of the night, I, I just knew I had to turn on my news app and watch some live coverage and just heartbroken when I saw the attacks. And it's just seems for me here in the United States watching that it seems so surreal that there would literally be an invasion all around Ukraine. And, you know, the, it it appears as if, uh, you know, Vladimir Putin is headed to, um, or his troops are headed right to the capital city of Kiev to take over this country of free people who love freedom and want, want a more Western lifestyle. And it's just, it, it's, we've never seen anything like it in our lifetime, you know? So uh, my heart has been aching uh, because I've just grown to love the people of Ukraine and still have many friends there, our facilitator of our adoption. Uh, In my book, I use her name, uh, Alex. Um, That's not her real name, but for her safety, I use the name Alex and um, she's still in Ukraine And she actually has been facilitating adoptions through an organization called Reese's Rainbow, um, where she's helping bring out uh, many children, orphans with disabilities, um, getting them into adopted families. Um, So, you know, she is still there. Um, and I, we, we talked about this earlier. If anybody's read my book, you hear the story about how our son Slava was saying a word in Ukrainian that I was pretty positive was like a swear word. <laughs> 
And nobody would tell us what it meant. And then a dear, sweet missionary friend, Ukrainian woman um, came to visit us the night before we flew home. And he said the word in front of her and she like put her hand over her mouth like, oh, and I said, that's a bad word, isn't it? And she was like, mm-hmm. so I said, I knew it. Well, I just, I reached out to her on Monday to let her know that we are praying for her and her husband. They have a dental truck ministry that goes into orphanages and um, poor villages in Ukraine and providing free dental care and, um, and the gospel, you know, at the same time. So, um, you know, I reached out and, and she right away messaged me back and wanted to have a phone con- or a conversation through Facebook Messenger. And um, she did say that uh, as of Monday, um, there was a tension in the air, but people were just doing their daily lives, just going about their daily lives. There was this tension. Um, and every evening they were praying and reading the word of God and worshiping the Lord and just asking him, you know, to um, bring his peace and that, um, that he would be in control of whatever happens. Uh, and, and just heartbreaking to see last night when I, when I, I actually went on Facebook after I knew that there was an invasion and she, I shared her Facebook post, her name is Oksana Terletsky. And, and, you know, she just said, please pray for Ukraine, please pray for Ukraine right now. Um, we hear explosions. Um, and, and the town that she lives in is the town where one of the, our kids orphanages were. So, um, just again, my heart aches. And again, that's why I felt the Lord telling me to reach out to you because I know that you represent so many families who have adopted through not only the Ukraine, but Russia, Eastern Bloc European countries, our mutual friend, uh, Cindy LaJoy, who adopted her, her kids through Eastern Bloc countries. We know that this, this act of war affects all of those countries, which in turn affects the world, which in turn especially affects those who are in orphanages, mm-hmm. those children and youth who are in foster care in those countries. And um, I I wanted to talk to you about those statistics, because I know we've been saying on our social media posts that we know over 100,000 kids and youths in Ukraine are in orphanages or in foster care. Let's just talk about the statistic and and the statistic of how children and, and teens and youths that either are not in a permanent home or not with their biological parents. Let's just talk about that because you really highlighted that in your book, how, gosh, just how underserved and undermet those kids are. And we know so many of those kids have an FASD, have prenatal trauma. Let's talk about that for a minute, Sandra. Yeah. Alcoholism is prevalent in Eastern European countries. Um, So we knew there was a high likelihood adopting from there, we would be adopting children prenatally exposed, um, even though we really at the time didn't know what that meant a whole lot. (laughs) We do now. Um, So, uh, so there's already that trauma going on. And then it is, it's, it's like 106,000 children um, in institutions, whether it be um, government run orphanages, it's hard to know if 
you know, the numbers are exactly like that. I I, I saw that out of that 106,000, a little more than 6,000 are available for adoption. Um, and that's just it. There's so many children who are in orphanages. There are families in Ukraine because it's, it's such a um, hard life. You know, people are, it's, they're living very, very modestly. So I, we saw families visiting their biological children in the orphanage while we were there visiting our own kids because it, you know, it's a way the government could take care of them and they could come and visit them. Because at that time when we adopted, you know, over 10 years ago, there wasn't a foster care system in place like there is in the United States. So it's a, it's an institution. So children go in, were going into the orphanages, whether they had living parents or not, whether they were legally available for adoption or not, they were in these, these state-run um, orphanages and there wasn't really a foster care system. Now, um, in, the, in the past several years, there have been, you know, there has been a move towards deinstitutionalization. I can never say it, deinstitutionalization. Thank you. <laughs> and I have to look at the word in order to say it because it's such a tongue twister. But, um, but basically, rather than putting kids into institutions, putting them into a more family-based care setting, like we do here in the United States with foster care, which is not a perfect solution either. But we all know that children were created and designed to be in families. So being with a foster family is better than being in an institution. Is it perfect? No. Um, so there, there's a little over 6,500 children in foster type family situations in Ukraine, a little over 6,500 children, but yet there's 9 million children in Ukraine. So it, there, there's, you know, it's just a drop in the bucket. There's, there's such a great need for children for, to be in families. There are street kids. There are kids living in under the subway, under the Metro. Um, there's high number of, of human trafficking victims, um, just such a vulnerable population. And now um, with what's going on with war, um, even more, even more of a devastating situation. And I think of the children in the orphanages who have special needs because there's a huge number of them. In fact, if you, you know, prior to war, you know, prior to today, if you wanted to six months ago, a year ago, if you said, oh, I wanna, I feel the Lord leading us to adopt from Ukraine, primarily the children that you would bring home would have special needs or they would be older children um, who probably would have an FASD. Um, but there are, um, you know, primarily that's what you're going to get is, is, is children. So if you want a face to put to this, um, a vulnerable child, uh, reesesrainbow.org is a website where you can actually um, see pictures of children with special needs in Ukraine waiting for families. And they have a, um, they each have a grant. So there's funds being raised. You can donate um, and those funds are used towards that child's adoption. So when a family commits to that child, they get to access those funds towards their adoption expenses. Um, but they are children with Down syndrome and cerebral palsy and various types of um, you know, disabilities because that's, those are the children that are really, they're, they're waiting, they're desperate, they don't get medical attention. Um, there's still that mindset in Ukraine as in other other, other places in Eastern Europe and around the world where if you have a disability or a deformity, you know, there's no value to your life. And 
I've heard and interviewed many families who went to visit their special needs child in the orphanage and the children are sick, dying, and they're not given medical treatment. They're not given medicine. They're not picked up when fed. They're barely, you know, their diapers hardly ever changed um, because the mindset really is, you know, we're not going to waste resources on this child with a disability or special needs when we have these other children who are healthy that we need to care for. So, and those, these are the children that are going to suffer the most when it comes to this invasion by Russia. Um, so it's bleak, it's devastating, um, but God is a God of hope and we are his people. And we know that our prayers are vital in, in bringing his light into that dark place. Amen, my friend. Amen. And again, that's why I wanted you to, to come on and, and just talk to us today. And in thinking about our conversation, first of all, Sandra, you bring up just this, this point that you and I have highlighted so much that the world sees our kids as just discarded, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yet we know that Jesus taught the world through our kids. Mm -hmm. through our young adults with a disability, through people that have any type of physical, whether it be visible or invisible disability. And that's, again, we know as believers, the switch is flipped, you know, it's an upside down in, 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 in God's kingdom. Our kids are, are the ones who are, you know, they're the ones who are getting the crowns. They're the ones who are going to be first. So that gives me hope, you know, as, as a mom, and also as someone like you, who's just praying so much for these children who you've seen personally in, in these orphanages and not just, you know, we're, we're talking about Ukraine today, but I also want to make, make a point because Sandra's ministry focuses on not only, you know, her, her journey and, and supporting international orphanages, but the, you know, your care portal, you know, your JFO and, and just supporting those in the foster community. Cause we know that again, those kids, those teens, those youths, those youths who have been aged out, um, are just not supported and are not um, being ministered to. And that's why I love that your, your scripture verse for JFO is James 1 27, pure and undefiled religion before God. And the father is this to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. And that mm -hmm. to me, just that scripture really not only I always think of you, of course, when I hear that scripture, but I think of what's happening now. I think of what's happening in Ukraine, what's happening in foster care, what's happening with kids who are being sexually trafficked, what's happening with ableism, with, you know, any type of injustice. I turn to that scripture to say, okay, God wants me to serve during this time, as well as pray, as well as support, as well as comfort, but he wants us to serve, you know? So I, I made up this list and I, I was talking to, to Sandra before we started recording how in times like this, I think that I, I hear the Lord telling me to, first of all, to stop. We need to stop. This is, this is war that's happening in the Ukraine. And you know, there are so many other wars that are happening. You know, there's, there's just so many 
battles that are happening in our world. So that just, we need to stop and just, just think about that. And, and then what Sandra has done, what I've, you know, done is to reflect and to learn, learn as much as we can about that situation. I mean, again, when I read your book, when I've read your book, I learned so much about the Ukraine that I did not even know, you know, if we can learn as much as we can about what's happening. And, and I know that in situations like this, it's very easy to stay in that, you know, that news feed, that running news feed about, okay, this happened, this happened. We reflect and learn, but we also have to step away for a moment and just pray and just be at one with God to step away and say, okay, I need to think about my next steps. And if you have children who have been adopted from countries that have been affected by war, that, you know, by genocide, by, by all of these atrocities, reflect and think about their perspective. And I know Sandra has done that with her kids, just thought about how this impacts them. And, and we know that with children that have an FASD, some of them may not be developmentally ready to hear what's happening, or they may need to be told in a way that is developmentally appropriate for them. And Sandra and I have spoken about that. Um, that's really important because the, given the first, the prenatal trauma and then the lived trauma, and now this global trauma and Sandra and I spoke about how um, her son during COVID, you know, we talked about him, her going to homeschooling because during COVID that was a try, you know, and again, we're, we're still what in the third year of this pandemic, it, we just have trauma layers and um, we need to think about that. And then we continue to pray and continue to pray. And, and I think about the friends that have reached out to Sandra who, you know, are still in the Ukraine we need to, and this is a big one. Um, we need to accommodate and, and, and both, you know, Sandra is taking the, the facilitator, uh, training class, which I was so excited for, because I think she's going to feel such a need in her area in the New York area, but we need to accommodate, you know, not only for our families and our children, but for ourselves too. saying, okay, I need to stay on top of what's happening, but at the same time, I need to accommodate. I can't stay in it 24-7. You know, I, I need to speak to my children, but I know that it needs to be, there needs to be an accommodation. I need to speak to my adult children. We have mutual friends that have adult children who've been adopted from Eastern Bloc countries, from war-torn countries. So making that accommodation. And then again, why I look to Sandra for inspiration and mentorship. We have to serve and serve in the way that we can by JFO, by Orphans No More podcasts, us through FASD Hope, through Blazing New Homeschool Trails. And, and just think about how you can serve. And, and if you're listening and, and if this, Sandra, and I pray that this, this moves you, it can just be serving in, in little ways. You know, it, it doesn't have to be global ways. Of course, serving in big ways is awesome too. But this war, this act of war, is a reminder that for however long we're here on earth, we need to continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus and, and do it in ways that we may not feel equipped. And Sandra and I were talking about that before we started recording. We were both like, we, we still wonder why God chose us to, <laughs> to lead what we're doing because we're like, really me, you know, no, there's somebody way better equipped than me. But again, we know 
especially throughout the Bible, that God chooses those who feel the least equipped, feel the least prepared. Um, yet they are, you know, David, Moses, just, just, you know, many, many, many examples that that's where we have to say, okay, I I'm going to do this, you know? Uh, so, um, Sandra, how can you, what, what can you share with our listeners just how ways that people can support not only for those in Ukraine, but just those who are parenting, loving, caregiving kids from war-torn places, kids who have come from sexual trafficking, kids from foster care. How can we serve and love and support? Wow. Big, big question. Um, but I wanted to start with um, the verse, James, James 127, and what is pure and faultless religion? And I remember hearing a message several years ago um, about that verse. And when, when uh, James penned that, his epistle, the word religion meant something very different than what we think religion, you know, today, when we think of the word religion, um, and really it, it had more to do with the demonstration of your faith. So how do you demonstrate your faith? Um, you know, in, in the eyes of God, what does that, what should that look like? What is that supposed to look like? And it's, and it is caring for the vulnerable, right? The orphan and the widow, they were the most vulnerable, um, back in that time. And, I think among the most vulnerable today, you know, we think of the unborn, of course, and individuals with special needs, orphans, um, widows, and, you know, that's how, that's how we know, that's how the world knows, you know, if you have the love of God in you, you're demonstrating that love to the vulnerable. So to me, that looks like caring for the least of these, caring for the orphan. And, and the greatest way to do that is to provide family. Um, and so many of us, and, and, and probably your listeners as well as mine, are adoptive or foster or kinship caregivers caring for children in crisis, right? So to, to serve them, it would be to really, I think, I think the first thing that we all need to do is really pray and seek God's heart on this. Certainly pray for the people of Ukraine. Um, you know, the word says that the it, it, it's the, I'll probably not quote it very well, but the, the fervent prayers, right. Of a righteous person availeth much, right. We can pray. That is something every single one of us can do is just pray for the people of Ukraine, pray for the orphans. there, the vulnerable children, um, the elderly, you know, the elderly who can't escape from there. Um, the sick in the hospital, um, places are being bombed and people are being, people are being killed. So, um, pray first and foremost for the people and then ask the Lord, what is it that he would have you to do, right? There's something each one of us can do. Um, and it's not the case of, of stepping into, you know, you can't sign up to adopt an orphan right now from Ukraine, right? But you can pray for them. You can, you can go on to Reese's rainbow and look at pictures and, and pick specific children to pray for, right. Um, and pray for the people. I think that is the most important thing. And then um, in all practical ways, wrap around the families that you encounter on a daily basis who have brought children into their home, whether they came in through foster care or through adoption or through a kinship situation. It's hard, 
Um, these children have, they come into our families having experienced loss, trauma, um, prenatally, as well as most likely, you know, uh, some kind of a trauma um, along their journey. My, my children spent years in orphanages where they were neglected and, and um, in some cases abused and, um, you know, and, and several of them were prenatally exposed. So to, to be able to come alongside a family uh, and, and I think when things happened, like when COVID happened, it really um, impacted my youngest son, who at the time Slava was like 14. Um, he had a really hard time and he struggled and we had to do this huge pivot and return to homeschooling with him. So the days are not easy, you know, for us as a family, because I'm running this organization and homeschooling, and I have an elderly dad and grandchildren and all of that. And there's just not enough hours in the day just you know to do all the things that do need to be done and and I feel like often I'm not doing any of them very well <laughs> because I'm spread too thin but so wrap around families who are walking through a trauma um, if you do know families that have adopted children from Ukraine or Eastern Europe or families that may be struggling call a prayer vigil together to pray for um, the people of Ukraine you know to to just come alongside in that way. Um, the Lord will put it upon, I mean, there's so many different ministries that the Lord has put it upon the hearts of people to, um, you know, we're all part of one body, but we have all different gifts and different callings. I know we were just talking about um, Foster Blessings, which is an organization, um, a nonprofit started in, in the Hudson Valley uh, region of New York, and they're, they're bringing meals to foster families when they get a placement right? That is serving an amazing need, you know, but that is one area of need that the Lord put on their heart for them to do. And Natalie's doing her podcast for, um, you know, those in the FASD community, right? To educate. And, and so we can all learn and grow. And I, I'm, I'm, I listen weekly and um, need the training and the encouragement and everything that I learned there. So God calls us to all sorts of different things, um, because there's there's such a variety of need out there. So walk in that space that God has called you to. But um, you know, it, it'll be different. Maybe it would be a podcast. Maybe it would be starting a ministry. Maybe it would be just, you know, lifting the weary arms of a homeschooling mama who needs, you know, a one hour break to just go out for coffee and not have any any, you know. Sometimes it's just that quiet. I mean, I I feel like it's self care if I can go someplace in the car by myself <laughs> and just have, you know, even going to the grocery store by myself and having quiet in the car is a huge blessing and, 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 and soul care, right? You know, you can provide that to a family. So there's, there's lots of different practical applications of walking out James 127. So all of these suggestions, Sandra, are so wonderful. They're just so practical. And again, you said exactly what we need to do. We need to wrap around those who need us right now and, you know, pray and just, you know, especially those people in Ukraine, pray for those kids, pray for the families, pray for the vulnerable. But this is just a good reminder for us to, to live out James 127. And I'm so glad you explained that because again, it's not when, when, he penned it. It's not about religion. It's about your faith and living out your faith. And again, serving those who need us the most here on earth are those 
in one twenty in James one twenty seven, the orphans, the widows, those in these war torn countries now who have been just again, they have that, and now there's more. So again, I just look to you for inspiration, and I look to you for uh, for motivation and and thankfulness. So. I'm going to write down those things that Sandra said so that we can put them in our program notes today. I just pray that this can be motivation for whoever's listening to say, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And if you feel ill-equipped, you're in good company because Sandra and I both feel very ill-equipped. So it's okay. It's okay. So my friend, my friend, my dear, dear friend, you know, we end on hope. What are some words of hope in this again? When the world doesn't make sense, war has happened. What words of hope can we can we leave with? Oh goodness! Well, I know that the peace of God passes all understanding, and we don't. You know, it just seems. Again, I started with this surreal that Russia could invade a free country such as Ukraine and just take it. And just take it. It doesn't make sense to us how that could even happen. And I'm not, you know, very well versed with, you know, world politics and whatnot, but I know my God, you know, sees all things. This wasn't a surprise to him. He still sits on the throne today. And whether we're talking something as huge and and world impactful as Russia taking over Ukraine or even what we're dealing with on a daily basis, parenting our children who have FASD, trauma, God sees and he knows, he answers prayer and we can walk in peace knowing that God's got it, he has it, you know? And it's not over until he says it's over. And one of the, one of the things I was praying this morning, because it, again, from scripture, you know, the, the word says that God opposes the proud, um, but shows favor to the humble. And I feel like that's what we're seeing in, in Ukraine. You know, we have this, you know, prideful man with a prideful regime taking over this humble country of people. And, you know, I, I want to see what God is going to do, you know, and he can do it. He's really, I feel like, he's the only one who can do it. And so we put our trust in the Lord and he does not only big, huge things on the world stage, but he does huge things at our little kitchen tables and in our families. And that's where our hope is, is in the Lord. And we need to just trust him and press in and pray and have that peace. And, and really it comes back down to trust. Amen. Amen. Sandra Black, Justice for Orphans, uh, Orphans No More, and just such a dear friend. I am so, so blessed to know you and to call you friend. Thank you for being on this special episode of FASD Hope. Thank you, Natalie, so much for having me. And thank you for taking the time to really focus on this this world event, you know, and not just letting it be in the headlines, but to have a conversation about it. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review 
and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week. And remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.